Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Tuesday, May the 31st, 2022. I pray that your Memorial Day was good. I pray that you prayed for those that gave their life ultimately on the field of battle for our country. And today, similarly related, we're going to be talking about whether or not military members, those serving in our, in our country's military services, will have the right to have a religious exemption. We've had on the show a couple of times David Yance. He's an attorney. He's going to be joining us again today to catch us up on his clients' cases coming up at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that. So much in the news to get to talk to today. Uh, a $2 million antique tabernacle was stolen and uh, sacrilege committed up in Brooklyn. One of the largest egg factories in the country burned to the ground. Yet another food plant that's been added to the list of burnt to the ground in 2022, it's kind of crazy. Leeds University out of England says cardiac deaths rose 17% globally during the pandemic and their new research. An alleged attacker with an AR-15 was going to shoot up uh, a party, got uh, shot down by a woman carrying a, a pistol for self-defense. That's an interesting story. All of that and so much more, plus cardinals, red hats, and so much more we're going to discuss at 15 past the hour. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. What a weekend. It feels like I've been away for a week. It does it feel that way. Fantastic, though. Spent a lot of time at home and uh, made some shoes for my little daughter. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Praise be to God. Yeah, it was it was really fun. What did you do this weekend? I got to catch up with my old friend, Father Mullane, uh, who nice. was in town. So it was so wonderful to see him again. I haven't seen him in, in a couple of years, so... Very excited to have him over and, and just uh, get caught up with him. Praise be to God. But other than that, pretty low key, I would say overall. Mm. Overall, no grilling. No, no. I, really? The last time I attempted to grill, the firefighters showed up at the house. No way. So since then, <laughs> it's kind of not a thing anymore. Dang. Yeah, it was kind of embarrassing to be honest with you. The truck, <laughs> the lights, the sirens. I'm like, this is. I just lost my man card. This is horrible. <laughs> Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. You know, every time I try to cook at home, uh, the firefighters show up, namely my dad. So he's, he's there. So, you know. Well, I can't awkward. help that. <laughs> no, but praise be to God, it was a great weekend. Just like I was saying, it was, it was a good weekend. Uh, Saturday, I ran into Joe at church. As I'm leaving church, he, yeah. Joe is showing up at church. I'm like, you do know you missed Mass already, right? What? Just letting you know. <laughs> what are you talking about? Showing up just to hang out outside the door. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, but I, I went out with uh, some friends of mine, and we drove out to Nacogdoches and saw the eyes of Father Marhill, which are these two springs that sprouted out of the ground after this Franciscan friar who was uh, about to be martyred by the Indians because they thought that he was making the... Uh, their gods angry because he was a Christian and uh, they were going to kill him because there's a drought and he struck the rock like Moses and water sprouted out. That's cool. And uh, that's right here in Texas, in Nacogdoches and Tyler's diocese. 
uh, Bishop Strickland's diocese right there. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Praise be to God. What a cool thing to go see. We'll have to check that out for sure. Uh, Well, we are going to catch up a little bit on the news that did uh, happen while we were away, of course. You know, the tabernacle was, uh, was a big and very concerning story, obviously, but uh, the red hats, there's going to be more red hats. Mm-hmm. What does this all mean? We'll hopefully catch up on some of those stories. Of course, the Ukrainian uh, Orthodox Church in, says they're cutting ties with Moscow and and uh, sort of retaliation against the, the war there. And there's just so, I mean, so much more. Meat prices have gone up significantly this year and continue to grow. And, of course... Yikes, the gas prices. I mean, they're, they're anticipating well over $6 a gallon by the end of summer. Yeah, I'm going to get a bike. You're going to get a Are you? Like a, <laughs> like a bicycle or a motorcycle? Nope, bicycle. I say we go total motorcycles now. I'm going to wear spandex. Mm, okay. Shave mm-hmm. my legs, aerodynamic, yeah. mm-hmm. and a $20,000 bike. I'm feeling I'm sick, sick all of a sudden, and I may be calling in a lot. <laughs> if you're going to start wearing spandex, then I don't know. Just one morning, I'm just not going to show up, and you're like, what happened? And then somebody, somebody's going to run me over. (laughs) Blink twice if you need help. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Let's get started. Uh, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, May 31st, and here are your, new, your headline news this morning. Justin News reports Biden says U.S. isn't sending Ukraine rocket systems that could possibly reach Russia. It was previously reported that the Biden administration was considering sending such systems to the Ukrainian government during the ongoing invasion of its country by Russia. However, President Joe Biden told reporters at the White House on Monday that the U.S. won't send Ukraine rocket systems that could potentially reach Russia. The Hill reports Brent crude breaks $120 a barrel as gas prices soar. The gas price comes in wake of high demand in the United States with the start of the summer driving season and European leaders trying to reach agreement on a Russian oil embargo. Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee Chairman Joe Manchin has convened bipartisan meetings on Capitol Hill in recent weeks in hopes of coming up with a package to spur domestic oil and natural gas production. The Washington Examiner reports, Texas lawmaker says he spoke to Biden about tearing down Uvalde shooting site. State Senator Roland Gutierrez, a Democrat whose district includes Uvalde, revealed details of his conversation with Biden in an interview with a local station. Gutierrez said Biden told him that he would instruct the federal government to assist with the demolition of the campus and the building of a new facility. He says, quote, we're going to look at raising the school, building a new one, Gutierrez told the network, quoting Biden. He also quoted the president as saying, I'm not going away and I'm going to bring you resources. And LifeSite reports Pope Francis announces new cardinals, including bishop who backed communion for pro-abortion politicians. The Pope skipped over high-ranking prelates in the U.S. in appointing Bishop Robert McElroy to the College of Cardinals, despite the bishop's record of support for giving Holy Communion to both pro-abortion Catholic politicians, as well as the divorced and so-called remarried. The Pope also announced that the anti-tradition Vatican liturgy head, Archbishop Arthur Roche, and pro-LGBT Archbishop Leonardo U. Steiner of Manaus, Brazil, will be among those receiving the red hat. And those were your headline news this morning.
God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Petronila. Wow, this is going to be a very interesting story. One that I uh, am not 100% sure if I believe in. Saint Petronila is believed to have been the daughter of Saint Peter. Yes, Saint Peter the Apostle. Until the 17th century, she was called his physical daughter. And since then, she has been thought to be a spiritual daughter who was consecrated to his service. Legends quoted in Manichaean documents relate that Peter cured her of a palsy. Stories found in the writings of St. Marcellus and retold in the Golden Legend say that Peter, who thought his daughter too beautiful, asked God to afflict her with a fever of which he refused to cure her until she began to be perfected in the love of God. She is said to have refused Count Flacus' hand in marriage. Traditions say she died a natural death, but accounts of her martyrdom can also be found. Petronilla is thought to have been Aurelia Petronilla, a Cician of the gens Flavius, the family of Vespasian and Domitian. She was also related to Saint Domitilia, who was exiled in the first century to Pandateria, whose property on the Via Ardentina became a catacomb cemetery. Inscriptions there describe Petronilla as a martyr, and during the papacy of Ceresius in 384 to 399, a basilica was built on the site of her tomb. In the 17th, or rather 7th century, Gregory III established a place of public prayer in the basilica, and her relics were translated to St. Peter's, where a chapel was dedicated in her honor. Charlemagne in 814 and Carloman in 771 were considered adopted sons of St. Peter. And they, along with the French monarch who succeeded them, considered Petronilla their sister. Her chapel became the chapel of the kings of France, and her emblem, like that of St. Peter, is a set of keys. What do you think about this story? True or false? I'll let you decide. St. Petronilla, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Ghost, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. And he has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. 
He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Origen would say, quote, For Jesus, who was in her womb, hastened to sanctify John, still in the womb of his mother. Close quote. Origen, one of our favorite early church heretics, amazing for most of his life at least, praise be to God. Uh, Venerable Bede would say, quote, Mary is blessed by Elizabeth with the same words as before by Gabriel, to show that she was to be reverenced both by men and angels. Close quote. Venerable Bede, pray for us. Athanasius would say, quote, As if she said, Marvelous things hath the Lord declared that he will accomplish in my body, but neither shall my soul be unfruitful before God. It becomes me to offer him the fruit also of my will. For inasmuch as I am obedient to, almighty, uh, to a mighty miracle... I am bound to glorify him who performs his mighty works in me. Close quote. St. Athanasius, pray for us. I love this particular passage for a number of reasons. One is one of my favorite sayings, and all of the Gospels is found in this particular passage. My soul doth magnify the Lord, or as it's rendered in this particular uh, translation, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, but I prefer, my soul doth magnify the Lord. I know a lot of great, pious, and holy people, godly people, but I would argue that the vast majority of even them, myself to be included in all of this, do not actually magnify the Lord in the way that this verse indicates. This is a unique and something very special. But too often we read these things and we dumb them down to our level rather than trying to rise to its level. And we do not actually magnify the Lord quite the way Our Lady does. She is unique. She is special in every single way. And it is a powerful realization that she is to be called blessed by every generation. That the fruit of her womb is not just her Savior, but ours as well. And the very fabric of this rosary that was commanded to be prayed by heaven itself is found here on these incredible passages that we've been given to meditate and chew upon today. Like the angel, like Elizabeth, let's make haste to call blessed that which God commanded, created, and fashioned. Amen? We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. It's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Atheists claim theists are essentially no different than atheists because we reject gods too, such as Greek and Roman gods. But this is plain absurdity. What's our reason? First, it's an abuse of language. A theist believes in at least one god. 
An atheist doesn't believe in any God. They're mutually exclusive terms. To say a theist is an atheist to most gods is like saying a married man is a bachelor to most women. Second, it's bad reasoning. To say I'm an atheist because I reject some gods is like saying I'm an anarchist, one who rejects all forms of government because I reject communism and fascism, some forms of government. But that's silly. So the claim that atheists and theists are no different doesn't hold water. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at 35 past the hour, attorney David Yance is going to be on our, our Davis Yance is going to be our guest coming up to talk about uh, our men and women who are serving in the military, whether or not they're going to have an opportunity, like the rest of the citizens of this country, to have a religious exemption. Because uh, the Pentagon has denied the vast majority of them, and he has had some progress in his cases for the clients that he is representing. He's, he's going to be on to catch us up. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. Of course, there was big news over the weekend, uh, the tabernacle in Brooklyn, which was stolen and the Eucharist desecrated, being tossed about uh, on the altar. You know, what's interesting about that story to me was how the criminals brought in some pretty industrial equipment, some hardware, to be able to remove this tabernacle. And uh, I don't know if you can see my desktop or not, uh, for those of you on the live video feed, but uh, I'm, sh I'm looking at this beautiful, ornate, antique 19th century tabernacle, which was valued at $2 million. Yes, there's some gold involved, as it ought to be. We give the best to our Lord, praise be to God, but its simple age makes it irreplaceable, to be honest with you. But how do they have the time? How could they spend that much time? We're not talking Ocean's Eleven here, people. How do they have this much time to spend inside of a church unmolested, un unidentified, undetected? How Making is, noise. Lots of loud industrial noise destroying the tabernacle the uh the statuary around it desecrating the lord and then hauling off with a portion of the video equipment i'm my mind is blown like i don't understand how this could be did how how is the place locked up that much that they don't have access or they have that much access and nobody knows about it it is troubling it is very troubling now I can, I have I know personally from having attended an inner city parish for many years the difficulties of security of cost and all of those issues I I am very much aware of it but at the same time you know I remember saying a couple of weeks ago about that tabernacle that was being uh, that got stolen out of St Bartholomew's down in Katy Texas in the Houston area how easy it was to take a tabernacle on a, pil on a pillar that was just there. And how hard it would be to take a, a tabernacle bolted into a high altar. Do I have to take back my words now? Because here's a tabernacle bolted into a high altar and they cut it out. They removed it with saw or torch or something. And then they desecrated the Eucharist as a result. 
So what does that mean? What 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 do we as lay faithful 150 years ago? What would the lay faithful have done? They probably would have guarded their parish. I mean, in New York, in the Civil War era, when riots were were taking over in New York City because of drafts and everything else, and the party of the Know Nothings were trying to tar and feather priests, nuns, and and burn down churches across our country, the Archbishop of New York said, uh-uh ain't putting up with it, and threatened the mayor of New York City, who was a member of the Know Nothing Party, and said, listen, if you touch one single church, we're coming out in mass, and we're putting a hammer down. And the laymen had to stand up to defend their parishes. And guess what? Not one single church in New York was touched by the party of the Know Nothings as a result of that. Does it, are we talking about the gangs of New York now? Is this what's required? Possibly it possibly may have to come to that. Because do we want to continue to see sacrilege? I mean, yes, it's a beautiful, ornate uh, tabernacle, but ultimately it's the Eucharist inside. It's the most precious, priceless, amazing gift. Let's talk about that for a second. So one of the other stories that came out uh, over the weekend while we were we were trying not to pay attention to the news, but it was nice. be honest with me. <laughs> <laughs> you paid attention to the news. No, yeah, you not did. even don't, a little don't, bit. Why? Confessions are what time again? Other than other than mm-hmm. seeing it on the Telegram chat, our private Telegram yeah. chat. I was uh-huh. like, oh, okay. How, you can't resist it. You, know, you and I no. both know it's impossible. <laughs> we have to read the news. <laughs> I saw this story come out being passed around the internets uh, over the weekend. U.S. Archbishop gun control, a question of life, along with abortion. Now, U.S. Archbishop, this is, I'm reading this out of Vatican News, by the way, vaticannews.va. U.S. Archbishop Michael Jackals of Dubuque, Dubuque sends a message to the faithful recalling the importance of the healing role of the Eucharist, especially as the nation struggles to come to terms with the latest act of gun violence. Article says, uh, Archbishop Jackals posted a message for the faithful of Dubuque, Iowa, in the midst in the Midwest of the USA, looking at the life issues we are called to face as believers, especially in the aftermath of the shocking mass shooting in Texas. The Archbishop previously served at the Congregation for the Doctrine of Faith in Rome for eight years under Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, now Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Below is the message he posted on May the 25th entitled, Repair Scandal Through the Healing of the Eucharist. Quote, Pity the grocery shoppers in Buffalo, the school kids in Texas, their grieving families, and everyone now more afraid than ever of doing those simple everyday things. You've got to wonder about reasons for refusing reasonable limits on gun ownership, which are inspired by the common good and offering protection from harm. We readily identify things like abortion and capital punishment as life issues with Catholic teaching, identified which Catholic teaching identifies as absolutely wrong under any circumstances. But protecting the earth, our common home, or making food, water, shelter, education, health care accessible or defense against gun violence, these are life issues too. Some people, at least this is according to the Archbishop in Dubuque, some people want to repair the scandal of pro-choice Catholic politicians by refusing them the Eucharist. But that's a misguided response for at least two reasons. As Jesus said, it is the sick people who need a doctor, not the healthy. He gave us the Eucharist as a healing remedy. Don't deny people who need the medicine. 
He also goes on to say, to be consistent, to repair the scandal of Catholics being indifferent or opposed to all those other life issues, they would have to be denied Holy Communion as well. Better, I think, to put the Eucharist in the hands of such Catholics in hopes that one day soon they would put their hands to work on behalf of life in defense of all life. Close quote. The Archbishop of Dubuque, Michael Jackals. Well, golly gee whiz, your, 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 your uh, excellency. Hmm. Your excellency. That is the medicine. Pelosi's had, she's what, 80? Yeah. So 80 minus nine months, uh, 80 minus eight days, because I'm sure she was baptized eight days after birth. Because back in them, them good old traditional days, they didn't wait around. Mm-hmm. They baptized quick. Let's just say uh, 79 years and one month. We'll, we'll, just, we'll make a number there. She's had 79 years to be Catholic, let's say six years, seven years to, to receive First Holy Communion. So now where does that leave us? 70, uh, 71 years old? She's had 71 years of receiving communion at this point, roughly. Let's just, I don't know the actual numbers, but I'm rounding. 71, 72 years of receiving Holy Communion. I'm just curious, Your, Your Excellency, at what point does that medicine, quote, unquote, actually take effect and it actually kicks in and she actually comes around and she actually embraces what holy mother church teaches about the dignity of the human person at conception in the womb does is it how many is it 73 years that's required 74 i mean she's had 71 72 years worth of it and it does not seem to be taking effect she's had 50 years in office public life and still, no actual uh, effect, no perceptible effect there. So at what point can we say legitimately we've done all we can, and at this point it's not us that's the problem, it's definitely her that is the problem, right? I mean, if you just do the math, I think it becomes obvious that what we're talking about here is politics, not faith. Politics, not doctrine. Canon 915 of the Code of Canon Law makes it explicitly clear, explicitly clear, that uh, those who have been excommunicated or interdicted after the imposition of or declaration of the penalty and any others obstinately persevering in manifest grave sin are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. I mean, 70... Uh, years worth of this, 50 years in public office, all of which, you know, now she's, as a public servant, she's definitely promoting the evil of abortion all the way up to birth. And she has not recanted, not repented, not pulled back in any way, shape, or form. Archbishop Corleone tried many times to reach out to her. Most of us would have begged him to do this way sooner than now. And yet here we are. And she is obstinately persevering in her opinion, in her position. Golly gee whiz, Archbishop of Dubuque, how mm. much do you have to be tone deaf to come up with a statement like that? It's dangerous, too, to think about this way, because this is the way that the church functions now. We wait until the very last moment. We say, oh, we'll let them live the way that they are. We're just going to hope and pray that at the end of their life, they're going to repent. And on their deathbed, they're just going to... And what if they they're don't? They're going to receive... And they... It, exactly. What if they don't? It is so dangerous to think that, that people will, in the very last moments of their life, will convert. It happens, I'm sure. I hope so. 
I pray that it does. Her husband was but just arrested for a DWI. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a grace that he did not die as a result to his inebriated driving. Exactly. So we never know when the moment is going to come. And this is just a very soft way of just allowing them to continue and persevere in their sin without having to actually tell them, convert. And refusing them the Holy Communion, that actually is the medicine. Not giving them the Holy Communion with our blessed Lord Jesus, the Eucharist, so that they condemn themselves even worse. Right. This is very important to note because St. Thomas, he, I mean, he writes extensively on a lot of things, but in a poetic way, he wrote this prayer, and let me read it to you. He says, Both the wicked and the good eat of this celestial food, but with ends how opposite. Here tis life and there tis death, the same yet issuing to each in a difference infinite. And that's very important that we keep in mind that, yes, it is medicine for the, for the sick, but not those that are in mortal sin. For those in mortal sin, it will give you death, but eternal death. It gives you infinite, but the infinite will be either infinite life if you are receiving our Lord in a state of grace or infinite death if you are receiving him in a state of mortal sin. And this is very important. Maybe we can use this as a great example for us in our daily life, for us. Have we gone to confession before receiving communion? Are we receiving communion worthily? Should we be abstaining from communion some Sundays because we haven't made it to confession since we've committed a mortal sin? I think this gives us a great opportunity to reflect yeah. upon our own reception of Holy Communion. Amen. And uh, you know what? It is grace communicated to us for those on the pilgrimage towards heaven. We must live in a state of grace. This is the clear teaching of the church. It goes all the way back to the earliest days. They didn't just let anybody into Mass and receive communion. You can go back and read the earliest documents, uh, Ignatius of, uh, of Antioch or Justin the Martyr. We're talking 1st and 2nd century here. So this ain't new. This is obvious. But we're talking about politics, not doctrine. And let's be clear about that. We'll be right back. Davis Johns is coming up next. From the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com.
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. LifeSite reports, historic tabernacle stolen from Brooklyn Church. Consecrated hosts thrown all over the altar, just in case you missed it in our What's Concerning Us segment. We did mention this story. Father Frank Tomino, the pastor of St. Augustine and St. Francis Xavier Parish, said he had gone to the church around 3.50 p.m. on Saturday afternoon to hear confessions when he discovered the damaged altar and the tabernacle missing. The Holy Eucharist contained within the tabernacle was thrown all over the altar and the floor. In addition to the theft of the tabernacle, the diocese also indicated that statues of angels on either side of the tabernacle were decapitated and destroyed and that an empty safe located in the sacristy was also cut open. Police sources said no arrests have been made in the case so far, and the incident is not being officially investigated as a hate crime. The Epic Times reports looming price hikes on food set to hit Americans this fall. In its effort to contain inflation, the Federal Reserve has launched what many expect to be an ongoing series of interest rate hikes, which are already taking a toll on stock and housing markets, with job losses likely to follow. Another round of price hikes is making its way through the food supply chain and is expected to reach consumers this fall. Much of the cost of food hinges on the price of oil. And Breitbart reports UN Human Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet praises China, claims it has dismantled concentration camps. United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights Michelle Bachelet praised China's tremendous achievements in human rights this weekend and claimed that the Communist Party has dismantled all of its concentration camps in the Uyghur region of East Turkestan, concluding her visit to the region. Bachelet also notably omitted any knowledge of the Xinjiang police files, a massive document dump featuring thousands of mugshots of concentration camp victims photos of police training exercises, sensitive law enforcement documents, and speeches in which high-level officials instructed the police to break the lineages of the people of East Turkestan. The Xinjiang police files debuted last week while Bechelet was in China. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us once again is uh, R. Davis Yance. You can find his website at yauncelaw.com, representing Men and women serving in our military. Good morning to you, Mr. Yance. Hey, good morning, brother. Praise be to God. You look great. I mean, uh, I don't know, not everybody can see you because we're on radio, but you got a you got a manly beard there, sir. I mean, every time hey, I see I'm it, trying to keep up with you. Good. I don't know, man. Now I'm. It's reversed. Now I got to keep up with you. To keep up with the Joneses from Pennsylvania. Praise be to God. Uh, let's talk about uh, your your clients' cases. But before but before you tell us where you're at now, how about you catch us up? What has been going on with the American military, religious exemptions, and your clients? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is just a, a win that we had, a piece of great news in this battle that relates to a Navy officer. So I had the opportunity to represent uh, Lieutenant Bill Mosley, 22 years of service in the United States Navy. Wow. Uh, a week ago, Friday, we went to a officer separation board in San Diego, and we were able to present truth. Um, to that board, we were able to talk about faith, how his faith informed his decisions as an officer, and how he felt it was his obligation to stand up to an unlawful order. And we were successful. Praise God. Um, hearts and minds were opened, and these senior military officers looked at the evidence that was available and realized uh, information they'd been given by the Navy just didn't make sense when you took the time to look at federal statutes and the case law. Um, and we were able to break through. So they found that his decision. Um, to refuse getting the vaccine, refuse the order to get the vaccine was not misconduct, and they rep uh, recommended that he be retained in the United States Navy. 
That's amazing. Praise be to God. Um, but I would argue that the vast majority of his colleagues have not been so fortunate, many of which are now actually being separated from the military. Can you tell us, like, give us a sense of how many have applied in the military versus how many have been rejected? So essentially uh, thousands have applied for religious accommodation and all have been rejected except a very few that are already approved for separation dates. So there have been a very few, and we're talking, I think, less than 10 in the Air Force now, uh, very, very few, um, maybe two or three in the Navy. Uh, Army is very, very similar. And, and again, anyone that's been approved for religious accommodation has been someone who already had an approved separation date. So whether wow. it was a retirement, they were already getting out, they were uh, ending their enlistment contract. So the only ones that have been approved, in my mind and in most people that are fighting these cases' mind, have been approved for purposes of theater, right? I did approved. not know that. I did not That's make, right. I've never known that. That's crazy. So I was thinking, wow, this is great. They've approved some, but not a single one is going to be staying in the military. That's absolutely right. It, it has been just almost to try to, I think, strengthen their position in some of these federal cases and show, oh, no, no, we're giving these proper and due consideration as required by the Constitution, as required by the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Uh, that's not that's not what's happening. They're only approving those who are already getting out, already separating. That's insane to me. So your client then is going to get to continue to serve? That's absolutely right. The board recommended retention um, under the law, under due process, the way the Navy regulations work. He will be able to complete his current service, which is about two more years until he can retire as a lieutenant in the Navy. Mr. Yance, do you think that uh, this will become a precedent for other people who are potentially looking into going into the military and not wanting to, to get this COVID vaccine, which I believe now is still a requirement? Right. It is absolutely still a requirement. The precedent here is interesting. This is an individual case, and it's actually not even a court-martial. It was an administrative proceeding. But the precedent that was set is this was the first time we've seen senior Navy officers actually look at the law, take the time to understand the law, and, and rule in the favor of an individual military member to understand why this is not a lawful order. And so the precedent that that sets is Boards will have to pay attention now, and and the news that's been out there, even just coming on, talking to you guys and getting this news out there, educates people and gets military officers asking why. Why did this other board reach this determination? What did they see that's different from what the military has been telling us from the beginning? And I'm going to ask a dumb question, but this works like precedent now? I mean, this can be cited and used to someone else's advantage? That's absolutely right. We, we can use it in other boards to show, look, there was a board presented with very, very similar facts and evidence, and they reached, this, they reached a conclusion that this was not misconduct uh, to refuse the vaccine. And so it does it certainly help. It isn't binding on anyone else, but it's, it's very, very helpful. And I kind of make a correlation to like a self-defense case. So if someone goes to trial and, and their defense is self-defense, they're acting in self-defense. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that another jury is going to find the same way in another case with similar facts, but it does help illustrate what the law it educates people on the law and it can have an impact. So 
the, the the world seems to have moved on for the most part from this pandemic, uh, but the federal government's holding on to all of their emergency powers, and I guess this is what's making this continue to be an issue with the American military. That's right. The the American military is refusing. The Department of Defense, the Pentagon, are refusing to consider natural immunity. Uh, they're consider they're refusing to look at. Uh, Transmission rates in the community, reinfection rates, all of those things. They're not considering any of those things, and they're continuing to push this mandate. And, and again, one of the issues is there is no FDA-approved vaccine available for military members. And that's shocking to people to hear that because everybody goes, no, 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 th this was approved by the FDA. And this is critically important. Um, and what we've learned is they're not producing it. So it's not available yet. It's still the emergency use authorization. Why does that matter so much to military members? Because in the past, um, and you probably remember something about the anthrax vaccine, right? There were issues with the anthrax vaccine. And so what happened was Congress changed the law. They made it clear the president has to sign a waiver before a military member can, can be forced to use a vaccine that's in this stage that these COVID vaccines are in. Um, and that hasn't happened yet. Right. That hasn't happened yet in this case. That's part of it. The other piece that we argued in this case, I think successfully, is under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, in order to be lawful, an order must be reasonably necessary, it must be necessary for the military mission and military purpose. Um, and we argued this is not, not anymore, given uh, the efficacy of natural immunity, what's going on with transmission rates. It doesn't make sense to order military members to receive this vaccine, particularly where it's going to violate uh, their religious freedom. And and there should be a burden on the government um, to prove it's necessary before we're going to do that. And given that the vaccines that they do uh, approve at the FDA all had something to do with aborted fetal tissues in either the research, development, or production, or what have you, uh, many of us are like, we don't want anything to do with abortion. It's evil. And yet the FDA hasn't approved uh, uh, vaccines that had nothing to do with. They could. It's within their power to do so. They exist, but they have not approved a single vaccine that has nothing to do with aborted fetal tissue. Why won't they just do that? Any speculation there? I don't know. I don't fully understand it. And obviously it's been something that I, I personally matters to me very much um, and, and my own faith as well as my clients. I've been researching it since 2020. There were other vaccines available, other vaccines in development that were produced ethically uh, without using aborted fetal cells and testing development or otherwise, um, but they have not been approved yet. They haven't been a priority. Those weren't the companies that won government contracts or were supported by the government. So it's a fascinating issue. Follow the money. Follow the money. Hold that thought. R. Davis Yance is our guest. He's an attorney. His website is yauntslaw.com. And uh, his client just had some great news. Praise be to God. We're talking about the American military and religious exemptions. And we're going to continue that conversation on the other side of this very quick break. Don't go anywhere. Kind of drive time. We'll be right back. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. 
Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So we're going to be on with you. R. Davis Yance is our guest. He's an attorney. His website is yauncelaw.com, and he represents, uh, among others, uh, mil- members of the military who are fighting for their religious exemption rights. Praise be to Jesus. Good morning to you again, Mr. Yance. I mean, I, we talked about this before. I served in the Marine Corps. I know you served as well. Thank you for your service, by the way. Um, you know, our favorite saying was, you signed the mother bleeping contract. I mean, that was, we joked about it all the time. <laughs> and uh, because we had this notion that we're basically indentured servants. We'd, we'd given over our rights and liberties in order to to serve our country. Um, you know, and I remember getting all the vaccines at boot camp. I mean, I was getting shots in both arms at the same time. And, you know, I, I didn't question. I didn't think about it. I wasn't considering it. But so what is... The actual reality of a person who, who who raises their right hand and makes that oath of allegiance, are they indentured servants? Do they actually give up their rights? They, they don't. And so one of the amazing things about the, the United States military, it just goes back to our, our heritage and history, is military officers swear an oath to support and defend the Constitution. So do enlisted members, but but unique enlisted members. You remember enlisted uh, swear an oath to obey the orders of the officers above them. The officer's oath is actually slightly different. The highest allegiance in the officer's oath is to to the Constitution. So military members do not give up their constitutional rights when they serve in the military. It would be uh, absurd to think that they did. Now, there's certain times where freedom of speech and expression are limited in the military because of the nature of your service. But we don't give up our our faith. We don't give up our religious freedom um, because we serve in the military. And the Religious Freedom Restoration Act makes that clear. It's binding on the federal government, which includes the military. And so, so the critical concept there is the military should be able to accommodate religious faith where it can without interfering with the mission. And that's really the issue the Supreme Court has said the Religious Freedom Restoration Act makes it clear there has to be a compelling interest. It has to be necessary. There has to be no alternative. And that's really what so many of my clients, what I'm asking for is, given the reality of where we're at with the importance of natural immunity, given the, the waning transmission of the virus, given the fact that the vaccines don't prevent you from getting this disease, uh, there just doesn't seem to be that, that necessity there. But importantly, this impacts my own personally, my clients' religious faith, our opposition to abortion, our belief that life begins at conception. Um, 
It's just critically undermined. I can't, consistent with my faith, uh, receive this vaccine and support uh, abortion. You know, I, one of my questions is, how did we get here? How did the military, We, we it's like we woke up and it's become totally woke and totally uh, desensitized to, to this this legal requirement they have to ensure that their members have these rights. And now these members have to fight for these rights. How did, how did we get here? My personal opinion as a man of faith is, is we have, we have lost our way. There is no moral foundation. There's no biblical foundation. There's no faith based foundation for our military anymore. So our military officers, um, many, many in leadership have just become bureaucrats. They've become political animals they care more about preserving their position, their career, their, their retirement than they do the principles that our Constitution is founded on. I, I really think that's a huge part of it. You know, let me tell you a quick story. I have a friend who went to the Naval Academy, and he uh, was uh, serving on board submarines. He, he told me that when he reported for duty to his very first sub in the fleet, he was standing in the hatch of the, the, the boat CO. I think he was his rank was commander, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, and the, the CEO was sitting at his desk, and you know these are small rooms, these state rooms are small, they're not very big, so he's standing there and he's looking in the hatch, standing at attention, reporting for duty, and the CEO says, "Come in," and so he takes one step in, and on the bulkhead in front of him is this uh, picture of his uh, the CEO and his family, and it's a beautiful family photo, is a family man, and he he took notice of this because he is a, pr- a faithful practicing Catholic and, and uh, family matters to him, and so he thought this was a good sign. And then he, he was told to take a seat. The seat was to his left. He takes a left face, and he is bombarded with pornography hanging on the bulkhead. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the contrast and the dichotomy struck him like a two-by-four across the face, and he was, like stri- he was awestruck. He wasn't quite sure how to handle this. Because of that family photo versus pornography, he told me that serving under that commander was difficult because every Sunday he would act like an assistant chaplain on the boat. And he would go through the entire boat and take down all the porn. But by that afternoon, the CO ordered the porn to be put back up every single Sunday. And that his Mm -hmm. leadership vision was that this was good for the men. Good for the members of on board the boat, and I, su- I suppose women too now are serving there. So I think at the heart, this is where our military is struggling. The leadership uh, from top down has lost its sense of what it truly means to lead people. Would you say? I, I would agree with that. I mean, that is something we're seeing repeatedly. My clients have seen repeatedly. These these orders are coming down from from the Pentagon. This this fear of Christian faith. Um, in in the military, the fear of expression of it in the military, what our chaplains are going through. But these orders are coming down, and and the mid level commanders are aren't doing anything. I mean, how many times have my clients heard? Have I heard even just dealing with this this vaccine mandate that they know they agree with us? Oh, we know this impacts your faith. We understand it. It doesn't make sense, but they don't do anything about it. Even JAGs, even attorneys, even chaplains, they they don't do anything about it. Well, no one listens. When I when I disagree, so I'm just going to keep doing my job. So that's what we need. We need a we need a revival. We need people to return to their faith. We need to understand it because without that moral foundation, that faith foundation in Christ, um, we shouldn't be surprised that our military just doesn't have a rudder uh, to guide it in the right direction. Stuart Scheller, uh, you know, he dared to speak out and criticize senior command and 
boy, that didn't go over well. I mean, he's out now, and thankfully he does have his benefits. He didn't uh, he didn't get booted completely, but it was a pretty harrowing ride for him, I would imagine. What what do you think about Stuart Chiller's case? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a very difficult thing for him, and just a tremendous amount of understanding for where he's coming from. He led, you know, men and women in combat, um, and people died because of decisions that were made that that seem and feel like they were politically motivated, um, that they were arbitrary, and there weren't consequences. And again, a lot of my clients just see a correlation with the vaccine mandate with how we withdrew from Afghanistan. Why? Because military members weren't standing up and saying, we can't do this. We can't do this the way we're at, you're asking us to do this, or there isn't clear guidance. I mean, just look at the way equipment was handled in the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Some commanders destroyed the equipment they left behind, others didn't. You, you and I both know that's a clear indication they were not given clear guidance, and they didn't ask for clarification from senior leadership. So those are the things you see when uh, military officers are not dedicated primarily to the mission, to leadership, and are afraid to ask the hard questions. Yeah, that's that's a really awesome thing to point out for sure. There there seems to be a duality there. Um, I like that you 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 pointed that out. I'm wondering, you know, your clients, what kind of headspace are they in? You know, a lot of these service members, the military is their life, and they they value it very very highly. Has that changed the way that uh, they're they're perceiving the military because of these mandates and having to fight for not not having to uh, take a vaccine? It, it has, and it's so difficult because, you know, many, many of my clients take uh, Lieutenant Mosley, 22 years of service. He was enlisted. He transitioned to an officer, multiple deployments, combat deployments, uh, amazing things that he's done in his career. Um, and it's just such a, a difficult thing to deal with emotionally and mentally to be committed to serving, to have been a phenomenal, a true hero, and then you're no longer useful because of your religious faith, because you're willing to take a stand for something that seems clear, seems right, um, and you're not even being given the time of day. You're just being disregarded, shoved aside, treated like a criminal. It's been very, very difficult. Unfortunately, we've seen people take their own life um, in response to this mandate. Uh, because of these choices they face. So it does feel to many like a betrayal because uh, you're just trying to do the right thing. You're trying to ask the questions. You're trying to stand for faith, stand on your constitutional rights, advocate for others, um, and you're just pushed aside. I don't have the statistics in front of me. I wish I, I, I should look this up. And, and what I'm curious about is like how Christianity fares in the U.S. military these days. We've had a chaplain issue now going on a while um, and so it is a problem within the military. I mean, even going back to my own service, getting out in 1995, you know, most of my friends definitely were agnostic at best, atheists at most, um, alcoholics before the age of 21. I mean, we had major problems, lots of issues. What would you say to someone, some young person who's considering the military today? Do, can you still recommend this? Do you, what, what, what advice do you give them? You know, the, the first question I always ask them is why. Why are you joining? Why are you going to serve? And if, if it relates to just the benefits or getting an education or anything else, I, I tell them don't do it. Um, I, I think it has to be a very, very special calling uh, for people of faith these days because it is not an environment that, that I would want, um, certainly not my daughters, and if I had a son, that I would want my son serving in unless I, I felt they truly – the hand of God was compelling them to do it. Um, and that's very, very sad for me. You know, I'm still uh, appealing my own denial of my religious accommodation for my own career, but I've served for two decades. 
Um, but I, I can't just recommend it the way I used to. Not anymore. It is hard, and that is a common story. Every, when I meet people who've served in the military, who have uh, kids that are considering it, this is the conversation we have. And now, this is the conclusion we're all coming to. But 10 years ago, it probably wasn't the same case. Many families were like, oh, yes, my son is going to go off to the military. And nowadays, we're all like, is this wise? Is this prudent? It feels like you're sending lambs to the slaughter. Uh, real quickly, uh, we have just about two minutes left in our conversation, but I wanted to just ask, we recently have seen that people have been saying, and I don't know if this is true, and I'm curious if you know, that they have quietly in a lot of the military schools and in the U.S. military, they have pulled back on some of the woke material they're teaching. Is that true? You got seconds. I'm, I'm not sure that it is. That's not what I'm seeing. Um, it, it has been pushed out so thoroughly. And, and the problem is even chaplains and JAGs are afraid to do or say anything that isn't consistent with uh, the woke, uh, the latest woke guidance that's come out. So I, I, it may not be as vocal as it was for a time. They're, they're not as public with some of it, but it's absolutely a huge problem still. It remains a problem. Yikes. Please, God, send us courageous and heroic leaders to lead us to truth instead of this craziness. But uh, R. Davis Yance, com. thank you for your time today. We're always grateful for you being on the program. Thank you. God bless you. All right. God bless you, too. All right. Join us in the second hour if you can. We have a lot more to conversate about, plus the game show, good news, and so much more. You can hang out with us on our website if you like, grnonline.com. Eve Gambo is a real Guadalupe radio listener. To help her explain the impact that Catholic radio has had on her life, we had Rocky come in and help her tell her story. Before I was able to listen to Catholic radio, I would listen to other Christian radio stations just because there was no Catholic radio. Hey, you know, Mickey always tells me, you know, Catholic radio, you know, it's kind of like having an angel on your shoulder. Those other stations were okay, but I always felt like something was missing. Catholic radio is a huge blessing because it shares the full truth. Well, it was like a wake-up call, kind of like getting punched with an uppercut, only with the truth. Please, if you have not made a pledge of support to keep Guadalupe Radio on the air, do it now. And if you have made a pledge, please fulfill that pledge. I want to make sure that I always have my Catholic radio station. Yeah, make sure you send in your pledge. You know, you can do so by going to grnonline.com or 888-784-3476. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. 
We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Hi, I'm Megan. You're listening to AM 1430, KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Always good to have our Davis Eons on the show. I enjoy talking to him, especially about, uh, you know, faith and military. And uh, we caught up with him on that. If you weren't able to join that conversation, well, let me encourage you to check out the podcast version of our show, which you can find linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can find the podcast list, do it right there. Or you could always subscribe to the podcast via your favorite podcast distribution method, like iTunes, for instance, where you could, if you were so inclined, motivated, charitable, gracious, saintly, handsome or beautiful, uh, you could leave a five-star review. Now, do you have magnanimous. to be... Magnanimous? Magnanimous, um, intelligent, stately, Heroic. mature. I got to come up with a bunch more. <laughs> but all the bestest of peoples of the human population leave five-star reviews to Catholic Drive Time on iTunes. So there's an option. But Google Play is also uh, also has a, has us there, but we there's no leaving reviews there apparently, which is mm. in a world of reviews. It seems strange that there's that doesn't exist. Uh, and then of course Spotify. Uh, you can always one of the best ways to be honest with you is to just download the Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app and uh, catch the podcast via the app. It's a great way to do it. Good morning, to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. You know, speaking of reviews, when I first moved here to Houston. Mm-hmm. I uh, downloaded the Yelp app, and I Yelp? was looking around. What's That's around here? Yeah, what's around here? There's, there, there's a lot of claims of good food here, and I open up Yelp, and people don't review things here. Very interesting. I, I dislike reviewing. I, like, I buy stuff on, <laughs> on eBay, and they're like, would you leave a review? No, I don't want to leave. I just want to buy it, okay? And you can't just leave a review. You have to type out a comment on like eBay. Like Uber? <laughs> like you have, you have a, as an Uber rider, you get a review from the drivers. Really? And I don't have a five-star review on Uber. And I'm oh, like, boy. I tipped every time. You, you I say nothing to you yeah, people. That's why. You didn't I give get small talk. I back and I sit there till you drop me off and I give you a tip. Why don't I have a five-star <laughs> review? What have I done? You didn't engage in small talk, Joe. That's that's a problem. Oh, you have to ask the guy, hey, how you doing? Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. What's my review? Have I gotten a good review? Mm, I, don't, I don't know. I leave, think we should move on. Go down to um. the, and when you're giving that five-star <laughs> review, just leave good comments about me. That's it. Nothing yeah. else. Just go in and just type out mm-hmm. really good and positive mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. about Adrian. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah. But praise be to God, it's good to be here. And, you know, I don't think I've ever used Yelp. Ever in my entire life. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's a Houston, Houston thing. Yeah. I just figured that nobody it. used Yelp and I that it was just dead. When, like, I, if I'm searching for something on the Google Maps app, 
and and it gives me some information. And I'm like, okay, oh look, I'm gonna click on that, and then it takes me to Yelp. Yeah, I'm like, and I'm like, I don't have Yelp. I'm I not gonna download want it. Yeah. Yelp. I'm on Google Maps. <laughs> Give me what I want. Why is it so Hilarious. frustrating? Hmm? Good Get stuff. In, yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend. 10 out of 10. Elon, are you listening? Not getting Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hey, buy Yelp next? Today's a special feast day. You guys going to Mass? Oh, yeah. I'm going to Mass tonight. We're having a huge Marian procession, and I'm very excited for it. Good also, nice. Father is having a basketball game with uh, the uh, with the young men there right before Mass. The is feast he dunk on him? of Probably. the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Can be a huge I love that mystery. There's like a like the queenship of Mary. Father was like, yeah, Tuesday night, big mass, seven o'clock, and then there's a Marian procession with the rosary, and then there's a potluck. I'm like, it's gonna be midnight before I get home. Yep. <laughs> I need to wake up. <laughs> it's like, I might as well go from church to the office just to get ready for the show. I might do yeah, that. Maybe it's not gonna be. Take enough. your van, sleep in the van. Uh, with, with the whole family? I don't know that we can all fit. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Hey, listen, coming up this hour, we're going to have a good news story. Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, Player Game Show, Fear and Trembling with brand new prizes at stake mm-hmm. this week. So there's options. And then, of course, the after show is the second half of this hour where we conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about. You know what we haven't really discussed or dived into too much this show today is the uh, the new red hats that are oh. being mm-hmm. issued uh, did you get one? I, I got, I got two. You. <laughs> you got two. <laughs> I got to tell you, when I read the story, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. just like, how much more do we have to endure? So I, I don't know how you did in it. your fantasy cardinal pool, but I did pretty good. You did. I did. I called them. How much money did you want? I don't want to say that publicly, but <laughs> you know, hey, I did pretty well about you know predicting which which guys would get the red hats. So I, I mean, mean, it's pretty easy to figure out which ones it? they're going to get. Why didn't you make out? I'm just saying. Oh uh, well. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to talk about that coming up in the after show, I suppose. Or whatever you want to talk about by leaving your comments in the live video feed, you can drive that. And we're already grateful to so many who are hanging out with us this morning. So praise be to God. Let's pray. Let's jump in. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your good news, Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for listening to Catholic Drive Time. Here's a good news story for you today. The National Catholic Re- uh, Register, sorry, I almost said reporter, that's not a good website, <laughs> reports roadside attraction. Wall drug is a success story rooted in the Catholic faith. In 1931, Ted Husted and his wife Dorothy bought the pharmacy in Wall, South Dakota with a $3,000 inheritance. It fit what they were looking for, a small town with a Catholic church offering daily mass. That's a great uh, prerequisite for people moving. After ascertaining that the town had a doctor to write prescriptions, the couple went to see the father, uh, the priest there, John Connolly, who had founded St. Patrick's Catholic Church in 1919. Satisfied to learn that there was daily mass, their next visit was to the bank. They took ownership of the 1,500-square-foot drugstore with a soda fountain, curtaining off the back or living space for themselves and their four-year-old son, Billy. The town was small, a population of 326, and times were hard. The Great Depression added to prolonged drought in the region. But even in good times, most travelers on dusty Route 16A saw no reason to stop in Wall on their way to the Badlands and the Black Hills. 
It would not be 10 years until the completion of Mount Rushmore, which was 77 miles away. One hot July Sunday in 1936, after five years of just scraping by, Dorothy considered all the cars passing on the highway. They must be hot, as she felt. That's when inspiration struck. What if they put up a sign on the highway offering travelers free ice water? It worked like a charm. For hours, they poured gallons of ice water, made ice cream cones, and gave highway directions. Get a soda. Get a root beer. Turn next corner just as near to Highway 16 and 14. Free ice water. Wall drug was the first of many clever promos that Ted began putting up uh, far and wide. He even took out ads and signs as far away places of Paris, London, and Africa in front of the Taj Mahal, always including the number of miles to Wall Drug. Bill expanded the business to 76,000 square feet that it is today with a series of Western-style storefronts. The soda fountain is part of the restaurant that seats 530. Among all the different attractions there, they even have a, a monastery modeled after uh, a Trappist community there. Amid the flurry of growth, the Catholic faith remained important to the Husseds, who sent their children to Catholic schools. After Bill died in October 1999 at the age of 72, Rick found a finger rosary in his car that inspired him to pray the rosary, often praying daily with his mother, Marjorie, until, the, until her death in May 2021. The fact that Ted and Dorothy's faith was such an important part that it's, it's a beautiful expression of the Lord's care and concern for them. I think they were blessed because of their fidelity to the church and family and the drugstore. It continues to be a blessing for this church and this community too. If not for Wall Drug, according to Father Dennis, other businesses probably would not have been able to make it. And that's really good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Petronilla. Saint Petronilla is believed to have been the daughter of Saint Peter. Yes, Saint Peter the Apostle. Until the 17th century, she was called his physical daughter, and since then she has been thought to be a spiritual daughter who was consecrated to his service. Legends quoted in Manichaean documents relate that Peter's, Peter cured her of a palsy. Stories found in the writings of St. Marcellus and retold in the Golden Legend say that Peter, who thought his daughter too beautiful, asked God to afflict her with a fever of which he refused to cure her until she began to be perfected in the love of God. She is said to have refused Count Flaccus's hand in marriage. Traditions say she died a natural death, but accounts of her martyrdom can also be found. Petronilla is thought to have been Arolia Petronilla, a scion of the gens of Flavius, the family of Vespasian and Domitian. She was also related to St. Domitila, who was exiled in the first century to Pandentaria, whose property on the Via Ardentina became a catacomb cemetery. Inscriptions there describe Petronilla as a martyr, and during the papacy of Siricius in 384-399, a basilica was built on the site of her tomb. And in the 8th century, Gregory III established a place of public prayer in the basilica, and her relics were translated to St. Peter's, where a chapel was dedicated in her honor. Charlemagne and Carlemagne were considered adopted sons of St. Peter, and they, along with the French monarch who succeeded them, considered Petronilla their sister. Her chapel became the chapel of the kings of France, and her emblem, like that of St. Peter, is a set of keys. St. Petronilla, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. 
When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Ghost, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel for he has remembered the promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The contrasts and parallels between 2 Samuel 6 and this passage and Luke's Gospel and the infancy narrative is amazing. You ought to dive deep on that because it reveals that Our Lady is the Ark of the New Covenant. It is powerful. But Origen would say, quote, He was not filled with the Spirit, speaking of John, in the womb of his mother Elizabeth, until she stood near him who bore Christ in her womb. Then indeed he was both filled with the Holy Spirit and leaping imparted the grace to his mother. Close quote, Origen. What did you find, Adrian? Yes, and a lot of things. I mean, a long passage, so a lot of things to cover from Cornelius Halapide. But I'll just focus on one thing because, you know, we're celebrating Our Lady today. And so let's talk about why and how great she is in terms of her blessedness. So Cornelius Halapide here says, O Holy Virgin, thrice and four times blessed. Blessed once because thou didst believe. Second, because thou art full of grace according to the salutation of Gabriel. Because blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Because he that is mighty hath done great things for thee. Fifth, because thou art the mother of the Lord. Sixth, because thou art fruitful and yet retainest the honor of virginity. And seventh, because thou seemest to have none like thee amongst those that were before thee or among those that come after. This is very important to note because later on in the scriptures, the, the apostles or the disciples rather were saying, well, blessed are, is, is she who gave suck to thee, meaning those who breastfed our Lord. And our Lord responds, no, but blessed are those who obey me, hear my word and obey and so what is meant by that? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is he saying that Our Lady is not blessed because of this? No, he's saying, yes, she is blessed because she's able to nurse the Christ child. But even more so is she blessed because she is obedient to the word of God. Because she has all holiness within her. Because she is full of grace. Because she bore him in her womb worthily. These are the things that make her blessed. It's not simply incidental, kind of just 
happen to be that she bore the Christ child, but no, it is because of all the virtues that go with it. And I think that'll conclude what uh, we have to say here from Cornelius Alapide. All right, praise be to God. It is time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, with prizes at stake, and you could win, but we need you to make a phone call and be our contestant. It's easy. It's fun. You don't need to know the answers. You could still win. Don't worry, but pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. Call right now to be our contestant. Rudy Carlos standing by to take your call at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now. We'll be right back. Here in Trembling is up next. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show with secrets and agendas. But what we need most, more than me just telling you all of my secrets, is a phone call. And uh, the first caller gets to play the game. If you've never played, what an opportunity. If it's been a while, like at least a month, you can try calling back. 877-757-9424. Phone lines are wide open right now. Waiting for a call for our game show at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877 877- 757-9424. One more time. 
888-900-9424 is the phone number. And uh, let me just tell you while we're waiting for that call to come through. We have three Catholic trivia questions in front of us, okay? But there are, as I say, secrets and agendas. So what we like to do here, as long as you promise not to tell anybody, is we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh and a good time. And our callers are amazing. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that most of all. But, of course, here's the kicker. We give out prizes, which kind of makes this a winner, right? I mean, you can't lose, uh, especially since, and here's the real catch, I don't ask the caller the questions. They don't even need to know a single correct answer and could still win the game. All they'd have to do is call 877-757-9424 to be our contestant. And uh, I will, instead of asking them, ask Rudy and ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to play or to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God, Joe. Now, we're just one day away. One day away from June. That's all. Just and just what one. happens in June? I don't know. June is the month of the Sacred Heart. Is it? The most sacred heart of our blessed Lord Jesus. Yes. Praise be to God. So may the sacred heart of our blessed Lord reign in every heart and in every nation. Mm. Our sponsor this week mm. is Sacred Heartery on Etsy. Are you, really? are you noticing a trend here? I'm, I'm, I'm picking up <laughs> what you're putting down. Cara handprints original Lino Cut art and other items designed and printed in her North Alabama studio. It's her sincerest prayer that her work will please the Lord as it helps foster your Catholic faith and devotions. She has offered a special Sacred Heart gift bundle, which features a lovely Leroy patch. That means for God and King. It's modeled after the anti-revolutionist Catholics in the Vendée, and as well it includes some other devotionals on the Sacred Heart. Please check out her store on Etsy. Just look up Sacred Heartery, and uh, just thank you very much, Sacred Heartery. Sacred Heartery. Yeah. I'm noticing the trend there. That's awesome. That's right. Well, you know, I'm amazed. Uh, you know, we haven't had uh, a, a... We didn't... It's been a while since we've not had a caller on in time for the game. Uh, that praise, is interesting, You huh? know, normally we come back from break and the phone lines light up, praise be to God. But today, it, they're pretty quiet, uh, all quiet on the Western Front. Can we get a Floridian caller? Can uh, we get maybe Alabama's uh, not Alabama? in a long time? I would love to hear something. You from refused a Maryland caller like last week. I didn't do that. You utterly rejected it. Don't I was watching the whole time. Oh. You're like, how do I hang up twice on this Maryland caller? Joe's airing out her dirty laundry. Actually, hair. he didn't do that. No. I'm totally teasing. <laughs> he would not do that. Good grief. But, uh, right, so the phone lines are wide open, and uh, I guess we'll have to. Hmm. And they're working, by the way. They are working. We Maybe it's it a twice. memorial. Everybody's still sleeping in. Maybe people just don't want to win. Maybe we're the only ones who had to go to work today. Hmm. I wonder. Imagine maybe the jokes on it's us. It's like this every day of the week, <laughs> and one person calls today and they win the prize. All right, that, who knows? That phone number is eight seven seven. You better hurry though. We're gonna run out of time. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four is that phone number. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Let me give out the number one more time here. Waiting for a caller to play our game. Eight seven 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 five seven. 9424 is the phone number. 877-757-9424. All right, so here's the deal. If we don't get a caller here in just like a minute or so, because we have to start, we're going to run out of time, we'll go through the questions, 
and I will choose to honor one of our Catholic Drive Time insiders hanging out with us on the CDT Telegram group. How prudent of you, yeah. I will, with, a fantastic I will idea. make the executive decision to place their name into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Wow, that's such like power. A such power at the at your yes. hands. Yes. It's just so Yes. Wow. Yes, 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 of course. Eight seven 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 five seven ninety four twenty four. So unless you want to deny me this this executive privilege that I possess, uh, <laughs> then uh, then you'd have to call now. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four is the phone number. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. Uh we're only gonna give it just a moment longer and then we're gonna play our game and I will just I will dictate Similar to how our federal government's doing it these days. I will just dictate who gets to be the winner and who gets to be the loser. Our YouTube crowd is saying that they're calling, but they can't get through. But that's odd, because we just tried. That's, so you're saying we're back to phone line problems again. Mm. Says well, this is like a flashback to the good old line days was busy. of Catholic Drive Time wow. when, when nothing worked. We thought ever. we were past this. <laughs> it was always broken. All right, well, all right, to tell you what we're going to do. All right, so if phone lines are working or not working, I don't know. Or getting people saying they're trying and it doesn't work, so we will just play, and I will, I will pass out the good love to our CDT insiders on Telegram. How about that? Sound like a fair deal? All right, let's, let's do it. pray. Then we will start as is our custom with our good friend Rudy Carlos. Good morning, to Rudy. Good morning, Joe. And we could skip the pleasantries today, can we? I think so. Well, we skip. Well, you're not even. Really, please don't cheer for me. You got that corporate crowd. tie look. It's like you know what that tie looks like. That's like portrait studio tie to me today. Oh yeah. It's like all business. Joe, wait till we have our meeting after. No. Yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> I have some bad news. I'm stuff. having some anxiety looking at that time. <laughs> yeah. We're going to need you to fill out that form. What exactly do you do? What exactly do you do? All right. Uh, Ru- Rudy, that's your name. Can you tell me, who is the patron saint of of architects? You know, I didn't know this until I watched this really terrible show called uh, The Chosen, but it's St. Thomas the Apostle. <laughs> They actually show really him feel. as as a, an architect. Okay. I thought that was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, okay. So you're saying it's St. Thomas the Apostle. That's right. Hey, Adrian. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Good morning. Can you tell me, who is the patron saint of architects? The patron saint of architects. Yeah. Yes, yes that mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. St. Bilditus. St. who? Bilditus. Kazuntite. Thank you. Uh, God bless you. <laughs> what was your answer? Buditus. Boo, where is Buditus from? I have no idea. Well, then how do you know he's the patron saint of architects? I don't know where like 90% of uh, the saints are from. <laughs> Buditus? Exactly. Buditus. You said it, man. Buditus. Okay. Well, 15 seconds on the clock. Whom shall I choose <laughs> by executive fiat? Who is right? Who is wrong? Is it, as Adrian says, Buditus? Or is it, as Rudy says, St. Thomas the Apostle? <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? I say it's Rudy. Hmm. Rudy. Rudy. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I, it's helpful because I have the answers in front of me. That's my impression of Joe. You should go on, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> go with the other guy. All right. If the correct answer is St. Thomas the Apostle, and is Buditus a real person? Um, no. <laughs> did, did you just make uh, like? I just that, made it up. Is right that Klingon? Like, where did you get the word? I just made it up right now. All right. Just well, uh, Hernando Perez, congratulations. You just entered the coffee cup of Divine Providence for that first question. 
Uh, thank you for being a member of the Catholic Drive Time Telegram group this morning. God bless you. Good morning to you. And hopefully you might win. Who we have knows? one minute. All right, let's pray. The next question is with uh, Adrian. Adrian, is the Blessed Virgin Mary adored with Latria by Catholics? Is the Blessed Virgin Mary adored with Latria by Catholics? That would be yes. Of course she is. So, Rudy, then your answer might be... <laughs> My answer is... No. No. That's the no. other option. No. The opposite it's of yes would be no. Not. Okay. What is Latria but adoration, which is held only for God? Okay. Okay. Well, uh, is the answer, is Our Lady adored with Latria by Catholics? Yes, as Adrian says, or no, as Rudy says. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Damon... He says the answer is of course no, no. We don't, we don't, we don't give to Our Lady what we give to God. So, Damon, you're in the coffee cup. Congratulations. And this last question, I'm just going to cover it since we're running out of time anyway, and we've had technical problems today. It says, what is the term for a story illustrating one subject under the guise of another, like it, an extended metaphor? Boy, this is like a really sophisticated question for a Tuesday after Memorial Weekend. Allegory is the correct answer. An allegory is what is the term for a story illustrating one subject under the guise of another, like it, an extended metaphor. Allegory. And I will give that one to, uh, let's give it to Luz. Okay. Luz. Luz, congratulations. You're in the cup. Thanks for being a part of our Catholic Drive Time Telegram group. If you would like to get in on the group, go to the website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And you can sign up to the email list, which will also get you into the Telegram group. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you in the after show. joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Visitation. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Regina Cheli. Letare, Alleluia, Quia, Quemeruisti portare, Alleluia, Resurrexit, Sicudixit, Alleluia, Ora pro nobis Deum. Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. 
to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask the Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone, the Most High, Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who while the Blessed Virgin Mary was carrying your Son in her womb, inspired her to visit Elizabeth, grant us, we pray, that faithful to the promptings of the Spirit, we may magnify your greatness with the Virgin Mary at all times. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, let love be sincere. Hate what is evil. Hold to what, on to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Anticipate one another in showing honor. Do not grow slack in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Endure in affliction. Persevere in prayer. 
contribute to the needs of the holy ones, exercise hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Have the same regard for one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. The word of the Lord. Among you is the great and holy one of Israel. Among you is the great and holy one of Israel. God indeed is my savior. I am confident and unafraid. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and he has been my savior. With joy you will draw water at the fountain of salvation. Among you is the great and holy one of Israel. <clears throat> Give thanks to the Lord, acclaim his name. Among the nations make known his deeds. Proclaim how exalted is his name. Among you is the great and holy one of Israel. Sing praise to the Lord for his glorious achievement. Let this be known throughout all the earth. Shout with exultation, O city of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Among you is the great and Holy One of Israel. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Blessed are you, O Virgin Mary, who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Most blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How does this happen to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's beautiful to think that this month of May, which we end today, begins with uh, 
St. Joseph, the worker, uh, the husband of Mary, and ends with this beautiful feast of the visitation. And during this time, of course, we are contemplating and inviting the Holy Spirit to come into our life and into the church in a, in a powerful way as we approach Pentecost. And it really is the Holy Spirit whom we encounter, the person, the living person of the Holy Spirit we encounter in the readings today, particularly in the Gospel. Mary, who is, who is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the power of God overshadowing her, which is an image of the Holy Spirit, then goes in haste to the hill country. And when Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, the infant in her womb leaped for joy, and she herself is filled with the Holy Spirit. I think one of the things that kind of jumps out, I can say, from the reading today is that the greatest work of the Holy Spirit, that his greatest masterpiece, is the incarnation, is Jesus forming Jesus in the womb of Mary. It's his greatest work. And in fact, it's his greatest work that he's done in us. He forms Jesus Christ, molds Jesus Christ in each one of us. And that's why we can exclaim with Mary, the Almighty has done great things, not just for us, but in us, within us. The Holy Spirit is always at work in each of us, forming Jesus Christ. And that's what we kind of see in that first reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. What St. Paul says is, let your love be sincere, hate what is evil, hold to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, anticipate one another in showing honor. This is what uh, the result, to say the fruit of the work of the Spirit within us, is that he forms Jesus, that kindness, the mercy, the love of God, it wells up within us. And then we in turn, of course, love others with that same love. It's what we really see in the Gospel too. Mary, once filled with the Holy Spirit, the masterpiece of God within her, goes in, in haste to visit Elizabeth. So I think one of the other things that kind of jumps out from the page is hospitality. Hospitality. That is, that is the fruit of the work of the Spirit within us. To be hospitable. Um, the other day I was driving back from, from Houston down to Corpus Christi and uh, a few cars ahead of me some, the guy just all of a sudden swerved across three lanes and, and hit the barrier. And my first thought was, this guy is either drunk or he was on a cell phone or whatever. So I made sure, I just stopped to make sure that the guy, one, was okay, that had no idea what had happened. But then I realized that he had blown a tire and then it swerved to three lanes. Thank goodness he didn't hit anybody. But then I spent about the next hour and a half trying to help him to change the tire, which was very unsuccessful, unfortunately. But I was hoping that he was able to find somebody to help him. But um, I was thinking about how many times I just sort of, like, unlike the Good Samaritan, sort of pass by people and not even think, you know, well, they, they, it's their problem, they'll figure it out. But, uh, but I think the Holy Spirit really does kind of um, inspire us and, and, and asks of us to help those who are in need. Uh, it brings people into our life, situations around us where he invites us to be hospitable to contribute to the needs of the Holy Ones, as St. Paul says, to exercise hospitality. Hospitality. So it really is something uh, important, important work in our life and in the church today. I think the last thing we could say is that Mary, uh, Mary's reaction, uh, her what, what, come, what wells up within her is this beautiful proclamation of God's greatness, to magnify the Lord within us. It is also what the Holy Spirit does within. He magnifies the Lord, helps us to recognize the great work that he is doing in our life and in the church today. So with Mary, may we proclaim with her our own, in a way, magnifica, our own exaltation of God's beautiful work within us. And may that lead us 
to, to be hospitable, uh, to love others with the very love which that has been poured into our hearts, which is the Holy Spirit. Let us turn to our Heavenly Father and offer them the prayers that he himself has inspired us to ask. Let us pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for the Church as we anticipate and await a renewal in the Holy Spirit. Uh, may, we, may we be open to, re- to all the work of the Spirit in the Church today. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for peace throughout the world, for peace in the Ukraine. Let's pray for peace for all those places that suffer from hatred and violence and war and conflict. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for all of our brothers and sisters who suffer, that their sorrow may be turned to gladness, which no one can take from them. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray for ourselves and for our own community, that we may bear witness with great confidence to the resurrection of Christ and be hospitable to all those God puts in our path. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Let's pray finally for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory, entrusting their souls to the powerful intercession of the Virgin Mary. May they rest in peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May we magnify the Lord and give, and give uh, thanks for all the God's, God's work in our life. Pray for all those who are joining us through Guadalupe Radio. We pray too for all those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, who know that our life in this present age is subject to suffering and need, hear the desires of those who cry to you and receive the prayers of those who believe in you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. As I kneel before you, as I bow my head in prayer, take this day, make it yours, and fill me with your love. Ave Maria, Gratia plena, Dominus tecum, Benedicta tu. All I have I give you, Every dream and wish are yours, Mother of Christ, Mother of mine, Present them to my Lord. Ave Maria, Gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. May our sacrifice of this saving, offering of this saving sacrifice be acceptable to your majesty, O Lord, as you were pleased to accept the charity of the most blessed Virgin Mary, of your only begotten Son, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen.
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, to praise your mighty deeds in the exaltation of all the saints, and especially as we celebrate the memory of the Blessed Virgin Mary, to proclaim your kindness as we echo her thankful hymn of praise. For truly, even to earth's ends, you have done great things, and extended your abundant mercy from age to age. When you looked on the lowliness of your handmaid, you gave us through her the author of our salvation, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him the host of angels adores your majesty and rejoices in your presence forever. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in one chorus of exultant praise as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenisunt Celia Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection 
and all who have died in your mercy, welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let's offer to the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, Quitolis peccatamuni, Dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word, my soul shall be All generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Hallelujah. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. 
Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love Thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift, so far surpassing hope or thought. Sweet sacrament, we thee adore. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Oh, make us love thee more and more. Had I but Mary's sinless heart, with which to love thee, dearest King. Oh, with what bursts of fervent praise thy goodness, Jesus, would I sing. Sweet sacrament, we thee adore. Oh, make us love thee more and more, oh, make us love thee more and more. Let us pray. May your church proclaim with greatness, O God, for you, proclaim your greatness, O God, for you have done great things for your faithful, and as St. John the Baptist leaped for joy when he first sensed the hidden presence of Christ, so may your church rejoice to receive in this sacrament the same ever-living Lord who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Now, mighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina. Mata misericordiae, vita dulcedo, et spesno. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord 
from hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy that peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Leon Fontana from St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. You're listening